Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. boys now let's have a look my bottle here as uh, i have said it's 87 I, I have got a watershed <laughs> a, a watershed awakening cabernet sauvignon 2011 from margaret river now it's an amazing thing that is that that winery only started in 2001 well wow. so it's a very young winery and they are not really using anyone outside uh, the directorship in the family and if you go to uh Dan Murphy in uh Katoomba <laughs> you will find this bottle <coughs> at less than $40 uh, right. if anyone's in Katoomba at Dan Murphy's can you please can you please clarify? check and just let us know <laughs> because everywhere else on the planet it's lose, how much my mates are going to just shout me something for losing so i did a very good deal actually i wasn't doing a very good deal because when i look at vivino it said it's about 25 bucks but then when you go onto websites it says 80 Nine dollars ninety-five. Two thousand thirteen was twenty-four bucks. <coughs> That's a two thousand eleven. Same name. So for those who don't know, the limit is fifty dollars. Thomas always stretches the ability. I the didn't stretch. He's cheated for the last three podcasts. Less. So let's, let's right. try this. We get to drink his wine anyway. I keep bringing them. It's all right. But listen, boys. As I said, I'm going to be doing something very soon, which is I drink my wine. Do you know, it's like, have you ever been? I've been to those. Parties in Australia, where they turn up with their ski, yeah, and they go into their ski and fucking help themselves, and then they drink their shit, right? And I'm I can't do that. No. If I open a bottle and you're in front of me, I go, "Would you like some?" Mate, they don't. These because everyone's meant to have their own ski. I brought an ski to <laughs> Veronique's fiftieth. There was that more free alcohol there yeah, than I've ever seen you, in my life. And when I, I saw you turning up at the Esky, but that's when I yeah, realised I'm, there's a long way to go. With I'm this still dude. fucking scarred Wait. from the two roadies I took from the house that oh. I didn't forget about for the rest of <laughs> fucking life. So. Cheers, boys. Cheers, it, boys. It hasn't breathed, but this wine here uh, is, oh. in 2018, was the top 50 wine. You're a religious man. You'll give it to the Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> God will smite you. Wait. Oh. The, the aroma on that, man, that's... It's deep black yeah. currants, bit young um, uh, essence of <laughs> essence of Audi, um, <laughs> essence of Audi. There's a there's a tint of uh, Woolworths and um, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was my wine to be essence of garage yeah. with a tint of. No, uh, yours was called essence of déjà vu because <laughs> I feel like we've had this before. <laughs> What do you think? It hasn't really breathed weight. No, it needs some time. Mm. It needs some time. In mine didn't need any Good time. start, but uh, it was religious. So, do you know... Like mine, mine, yours come second. This, this Cabernet Sauvignon is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. A lot of Cabernet great. Sauvignon have got a, a 5% blend yep. of uh, Malbec. You know, uh, some places, like we, we tasted a few weeks ago, like every six uh, vine of uh, uh, Cabernet, they have a Shiraz or yep. vice versa. And no, here is 100%. Hence, it is 14.5% alcohol. Yeah, I'm not having any. Good drive. <laughs> I know that. I know that. You need to look after me. All right, so let's go back, boys, to the next subject, which is 
Cam subject. I want to have a bit of fun. Bit of fun. All right. So when the market downturn in 2018, everyone, the news and the banks said the market was going to crash by 50%, yeah, and it crashed by 10. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And when uh, uh, coronavirus first happened, they said it's going to drop by 33%. They were very exact about it, but yeah. 30%. And then two months later, the Commonwealth Bank, who said that, changed it to 10%. And then three weeks ago, the Westpac came out and said house prices are going to go up 15% over the next two years. And much like uh, we just spoke about with interviews, for the first time in a long time, I'm walking into listing appointments and the first question everyone asks is... What's happening to the market? What is... Not even where the market's at. Where is the market going to go? And it's always been my answer, who the fuck knows, because none of us have that crystal ball. But now more than ever, who the fuck knows? Knows, right. So given that we've had JobKeeper, JobSeeker, the budget... Things ending in March, elections and all that stuff and coronavirus still around. I thought we should have a crack at predicting where the market's going to be in March next year. Yeah. Which is six months from now or, or close to it. And uh, we couldn't be any more wrong than the banks and the finance people and the everyone else has to be. And we're real estate agents, so we're supposed to know because we've got that crystal ball too. Mate, if I had a crystal crystal ball, I'd be at the casino. Oh, mate, 100% there's agents going out to listing appointments saying prices are going up and they're going to keep going up. And 100% there's agents going out there saying, oh, mate, market's going to crash by Christmas. You better sell now. 100%. I reckon I'm one of the only blokes running out there to listing appointments going, I don't fucking know, do you? (laughs) Right, <laughs> that's the truth. I, I, the I've truth, got my right? talking pad, and I draw a big asterisk that says, "Here's an asterisk." I said, "Yes." I yep. said, "Well, that asterisk means the information you're about to hear is valid for 24 hours only, <laughs> because in the first week of March I sold five houses, and in the second week of March I thought I'd lost two businesses. So I don't have a fucking clue." <laughs> well, listen, I was one of the guys who believed that at the end of this year there was going to plummet. Um, and I have to say, I did not take into account that our government, with the budget and with with the numerous budget, were going to plunge us into that many billions. Oh, I told you up. they would. And so, in the end, I am still feeling sad. Is that our children are going to be the one paying for it? All right. So, we are for the moment being a resuscitated by a comatose kind of budget to push us into work, which is not going to push us into work. I, I don't believe these kind of budgets really work. Don't be negative. And this is meant to be I, fun. I think if anything, it's, it's going to really get us into that kind of artificial kind of thing where people in the end afterwards going to put their hands out anyway. So my prediction for the market, mate, until Christmas and after Christmas, it's going to be hunky-dory. March no next problem. year. March next year, I truly believe. Because you know what happens still, in March next year. It's still going to go up because I reckon from 100 uh, billions, we're going to go to 200. Yeah. So it's going to be, now that I know that this is how this government's going to do it, but then our children going to have to be ready. Someone and was supposed to say it was going to crash. One of us has to say it was going to crash. Well, that'll be you. No. I'm not doing it. No. So I said, you said in September they're going to cut all the funds and, and I'm looking at you, Chris, and the, they wouldn't yep. keep the job keeper going. And I said, you're kidding yourself because no government that's in power is going to take everyone's you're, money off You're them. right in that. And, right. I was, and, I was and then they extended it till March, right? So then March is, and everyone's been doom and glooming March saying, well, that's going to be the financial cliff because that's when the payments are really going to end, right? But now but, no, but what everyone missed two weeks ago, very, very quiet, and it was one of my last, it was my very last Facebook rant before I deleted it. They've come out and said, 
they're going to abolish all the responsible lending laws that they put in at the end of 2017, which slowed the market down in the first place. And Frydenberg came out and his quote was, we're moving from a responsible lending model to a responsible borrowing model. And I've sat there and gone, right, so we've spent 12 months by then, because it's March, feeding everyone all this stimulus and helping people with their security and money they can rely on. And because we've got to act tough, we're in March, we're going to take all those stimulus away. And this was before the budget this happened, so there's a few more uh, asterisks in there since the budget's coming up. But then in March, we're going to undo all the responsible lending laws and we're going to call it responsible borrowing and we're going to dangle all this money in front of people who have none again and then we're going to blame them if they dare to take it even though everyone's on struggle street. You know how the market was between 2014 and 2017 when all these people who shouldn't have been borrowing money was borrowing money? What did house prices do? Fucking stupid. And that is my prediction. And coupled with that, they've, they still haven't removed all the welfare because now it's job maker. I was <laughs> so I think let, let's move forward. That's for March. What do you reckon by Christmas, December next year? Oh, okay. Uh, we're going 12 months. I wasn't prepared for 12 months. Oh, man. Listen, we're predicting the market, aren't we? Okay. Well. So I reckon predicting the next six months is easy. Everyone can see it. Everyone can see it. No, well, okay. The amount of money made the 250 or what is oh, it? Uh, by Christmas. And then now we have job maker. All of these things. Like, we, we, you can see where it's going to go, right? All right here's Artificial my, money, it's like a, a resuscitation machine, mate. You're going to be kept alive. What happens I reckon when in my markets, work? in my areas, by Christmas 2021, we're talking about now, they will have grown by 20% because those responsible lending laws are going in March. So then there's all that time, there's at least the next three to six months of people borrowing money irresponsibly, which is going to push house prices up. Yep. So it just fucking has to. So I reckon by Christmas, from Gosford to Hornsby, everything will have gone up by 20% on a national basis. I mean, they're saying Sydney's dropped by 2%, even though my areas have already gone up 10%. So make that figure 10% overall or, or 8 to 10% by Christmas up everywhere except for units in Sydney would be my uh, prediction, I don't think, because by the end of next year, we're in the election cycle, mate, and no ah, sitting government. he just said the word. Yeah, <laughs> no sitting government. He just said the word. Get Sorry to steal the words out of your mouth, but uh, election cycle starts in towards September next year and we, he can call an election at the end of next year or it's due for March or May the following year. So good fucking luck crashing a housing market when you're about to get re-elected. By yep. the way, the Queensland borders open on November 1st and the Queensland elections on October 31st, just saying. So generally speaking, a, a house cycle is what? Five to seven years, well, yeah? It was five to seven years, now it's 18 months. I know. And a <laughs> house cycle from highs to lows is five to seven years. Yeah, but it crashed so, in 2018, mate. We're already so back 2000, to 2017 no, prices. So 2000, no, we're not yet. We are, 100%. Okay, I can so show you not, the papers. Okay, so we're not yet. Maybe you are at the central. Carry on was six hundred and eighty-five in two thousand and seventeen. It's now six hundred. So two thousand and seventeen to two thousand and twenty-two. That's your five years, right? So twenty twenty-two. So there you goes your cycle. So twenty twenty-one and twenty twenty-two will see increases. Come twenty twenty-two, the banks will come back out and say, "Oh shit, we fucked up again. Uh, let's tighten the laws up, and then we'll see another." He asked for Christmas next year. Where are we? 
I'm giving the prediction for the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely increase. There'll be an increase from um, this year will be stable to uh, early next year. Early next year, we'll start to get an increase. Stock levels will start to increase. Buyer confidence and vendor confidence will increase coming through all of next year. Uh, following into 2022, 2022, I think we're going to see some turmoil. This is a real shit subject if everyone's going to agree. I don't think there's ever going to be turmoil. You know the problem I have with... I'm, I feel sad because our kids are going to have to pay it off. People have been 1. saying 1. that. $1.1 trillion of debt. People have, been saying, our national people have been saying that for 20 years. And I, I think the way with how fickle government is at the moment and how we've spoken before, left versus right and populist, they are just going to keep printing money yeah. because no sitting government is going to be the one to have the balls to tax the people. When does that happen? And When does that happen? I don't think our kids are going to have to pay it off, mate. When is the point where some prime minister stands up there and goes, okay, I know I've worked for this government and this government and this government and helped design all these problems, but now I'm going to come out and do a Netflix special to bag all these problems. <laughs> when is it? That's never going to happen, bro, because your choice is do the right thing by the people and lose your job or stay the prime minister of the country. They're your two options and we already agree that they're not the Prime Ministers because they're the smartest minds in the country. They're there for nefarious reasons. Yeah. So, <sighs> what are you thinking? <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, boys. I, do. Ah, it's going to be, it, I think it's going <laughs> to be pushed up. But here is the things that I would like to ask. Are we doing it for the right reason? No. Definitely not. Okay. No, there's, there's Theref therefore, only the people with a conscience will feel the impact of this. The people with no conscience couldn't give a shit. Right? When our children are going to pay more for hospital, for health benefits, because that's how they're going to, for a lot of other issues. Do you know what? What they are looking at is the parents of these children will have to bear the brunt of these things. You know, like I'm, I'm sure your children, or even your children, wouldn't be able to go to the on, on go on adult because on the paper. And I, I, I heard about it yesterday on discussions. So I don't think I'm intelligent. They're going to say how much income your parents are. And based on that, they're going to get nada. My and kids will get 60 grand a year. No, <laughs> but but from, the, from the age of 18, they can't, they're no longer a dependent. It doesn't matter. They ask you where you live. All of these things, and your parents. Your parents are going to be able listen. You think there's only that finite amount of money. So if I take some of my money, put it in your pocket, I have to get it from somewhere. Mm. That, mm. That's how it works. Photoshop. That's, but we live in a society of credit cards. We live in a society of five minutes. We live in a society where things that we get has to be now. And right? you can pay for it later. That's right. And if it means that our children are paying, why not? Mm. I agree with you on the on the conscience thing. I, I made a phone call when this stuff first came out. Someone shared the article on um, Facebook and said market's going to go crazy over the next two years. And I, I rang this person. He goes, "Brother, we're going to be rich." He's another real estate agent. I said, "Yeah, but mate, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that are fucking broke." And I remember, yeah, you know, I got into real estate 2015, so it's a great time to be a real estate agent for that. And I remember. Uh, I won't give the address, but there was one sale I made where I questioned what I was doing for a living and these people, because I'm a great agent, offered probably 50 grand too much for this house, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the valuer came out 
to do the valuation and we had a relationship so we were able to you know divulge some information that probably shouldn't have been divulged but she said I said I haven't seen a value for a while she said well I've got to come out because they're borrowing 98 percent yeah wow right and they were uh new to the country and I sat there back and went I don't know if I should be selling this house to these people because at 98% paying way too much for the house as it was, one thing goes wrong, these people are destitute, they're gone. And unfortunately, six months ago they had to sell that house and I didn't sell it. They got $52,000 less than what they paid for it 18 months prior or two years prior. And when you do the sums on the stamp duty, they wanted to pay on the purchase and the... They're in the hole, 70, 80 grand. is going to happen again. That and I, uh, the one person who, it was a friendly argument for a change, an actual adult who could have an adult debate. The one person who questioned me on Facebook was a mortgage broker. He said, "Mate, that's not true. People still have to. It'll still be regulated." And I'm, you know, people have been getting knocked back for spending fifteen dollars at the pub, and that's ridiculous. And the amount of, I haven't had a single deal fall over because of finance. I don't know about you. I have, yeah. Um, in since the responsible lending laws come over. Still selling houses, selling for absolutely great money. And if someone's getting knocked back in air quotes for $15 at the pub, there's other issues going absolutely. on. 100% other issues absolutely. going on there. And I, I said to I said, Pete, mate, you might be ethical and congratulations for being ethical, yeah. but you're going to dangle that carrot in front of a bunch of desperate people. And that includes mortgage brokers and lenders. And you think that they're not going to take it and the government's going to do a fucking thing to stop it. Yeah. At, you're kidding yourself and I think we're heading into dangerous times again and this is coming from someone whose whole living, your whole family's well-being is based off selling houses to people and I, I don't agree with what they're doing. That's the conscience thing. And there's people who are going to go, great, we're going to be fucking rich, brother, again. So or, these people that sold that house, though, came and lost XY dollars. Do you know the backstory? No, nothing. It? No, nothing. Because So potentially they could have had an opportunity to buy a house, that they, another house that they wanted and... They may have worked their asses off and come into some money or whatever. So it may yeah, not... Maybe, yeah, maybe. Okay. But right. they put it on the market for 50 grand less than they paid for it. When did you sell it to them? Was it in 15, 2015? Uh, it was either the beginning of 2017 or the end. I can't oh, remember okay, exactly. Right, yeah, right. It was right okay. at the top. Right Because look, top. I bought two properties at two begin- in the middle of 2017. I bought uh, two investment properties. and uh, I hope you're right. I hope that circumstances great, prevailed. The- yeah, fucking oath. But... It was the only gut check moment I've ever yep. had as a real estate agent where I've gone, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. 98%. Who the fuck is lending that? Yeah. Um, it wasn't a top tier lender. I remember that. It was one of the, Yeah. I won't name anybody, but it was Whatever. one of those yep. second or third tier lenders. Yep. 98%. So I was getting at, it was the, the investment properties that I bought that I know if I sold today, I'd lose money on them. And, and, and I've paid ticket price when I did back then and, and I purchased them, but long term, 10, 20 years, property's never a bad investment. And sometimes people get into a position where they they have to. You can't control the position people get themselves, themselves you into. You can't, but you can control. My wife used to work for one of the big four banks. And I won't name the bank, but it was the one that holds most the of the mortgage. Criminal more, bank? Yeah, most, uh, most holds, mo- holds the vast majority of mortgages in Australia. So um, Cam's best ally, we'll, we'll call them. <laughs> um, and she quit. Because her KPIs were based on giving credit cards to people that shouldn't have had credit cards. Ah, and she couldn't have reasoned that with herself. Your wife, her. your wife quit mainly because she needed to help you with your show. No, she quit before then. She quit before she then. Knew and you couldn't do it by and yourself. And that's going back. Yeah, <laughs> no, maybe. But 
her KPIs were based on someone walks over from the street and she's working in Gosford, man, where not a high socioeconomic and yeah. the people walking in off the street asking for credit cards yeah. aren't people who probably should be having credit cards. Shoot me if you, you're going to shoot me for saying that. And then she'd go into a sales meeting, like much like we have a sales meeting, and go, well, why didn't you hit target this week? Why didn't you get that person, that card, and that person, that card, and that person, that card? We're going back there. Yeah. By them reversing those laws, yeah. the government had to have the Banking Royal Commission because the country, for once in their life, kicked up a big enough stink where yeah. the Liberal government at the time said, we better have an inquiry. I guarantee at the same time they said, don't worry, people are idiots, they've got a short memory on need just to bear the brunt of this, to the banks, bear the brunt of this for the next 18 months or two years and then we'll be back to square one. The banks own the government. They couldn't let the banks suffer for too long, not that the banks have been suffering. Yeah. And then they've announced the day, they've said the day that we reverse JobKeeper for good, we're also reversing the way we responsibly give struggling people money. And for that reason, I can't see the market stopping. I'm young, I'm naive, I might not know anything. But the answer, the true answer is when you're going out to a listing appointment, fuck knows. All I know is right here today, there's no stock, cheap money. If you're going to sell, bloody Look, good let's I, I want to say something here now, right? I don't think that the market in terms of consumer is going to change from whatever it is today. That's, again, my uh, thoughts. I think that the market's going to change within real estate. We spoke about the, the leadership now that salespeople expect, but I think that the market in terms of real estate agencies is going to move to individual sales agents. And that's going to be a big move. There's going to be a huge move of maybe not these new guys that are walking in and need to earn $52,000 in a, a, a year before they're allowed to go on commission only, but there's going to be a huge number of people who are saying, hold on, I, I've been working and giving 50% at least of my income to the office. What if I just work by myself and keep most of it? And that's going to be the market that's going to change, boys. Uh, that's what I reckon. I got offered 90% commission the other day by uh, One at Realty. Oh, at Realty. Yeah. <laughs> And and say ninety five point four percent of your. Not only did yeah. I get offered ninety percent commission, I got offered paid on um, unconditional exchange, not settlement. That's what they're going. But I let me ask you this, TL. You know, the only one who can answer this, or as a, as a man who has developed and built his own brand, which is franchised. I wasn't saying it was a good thing. <laughs> All right. Um. How does that sit with you? If people are going to, if, if, if the new real estate is listing with people, not brands or organisations, how does someone who's built a brand and an organisation pivot with that? You just asked me when I was about to swallow the <laughs> Like everything else, if your organisation can evolve with that, you're fine. If your organisation is too much into, no, 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 these people work for me and I have to keep them that way, Doomed. That's how you work with them. I have this argument because there's two schools of thought, individual brand versus company brand. And, and my thoughts are this. Yes, I get some listings because that's Cam. He's Cam from Wisebury. But I also get a lot of listings because Wisebury did good by us. You should use Wisebury, not Cam from Wisebury. And I don't think the two things are 
at least in the short term, going to be exclusively mutual. I don't. I know that if a Wisebury 50 kilometres away from me does the wrong thing by someone, that affects me, um, regardless of whether I'm Cam or Cam from Wisebury or Wisebury who has Cam. The same way, if you are an individual and I'm, I'm Cam Wilson Real Estate with the with the Wisebury banner next to me, it's still and I do the wrong thing. People don't go Cam did the wrong thing. People go Cam from Wisebury did the wrong thing by me. Yeah. So the Wisebury name is still. Tarnished. Tarnished. So, yeah. how, you know, there's always going to be I, the brand I, above I, I people's I don't even heads. look at that, that even brand. I, <laughs> it might be wrong for me to even say these words now, but if Wisebury cannot change uh, or have given you the life that you have right now, Wisebury should not be what you do, right? The good thing I know about most of our leaders is that their life has enhanced way far, far, far better since they have been touched by Wisebury. And let me tell you, when people come to me and say, you know, I have brought this Wisebury, I say to them, just sit down and shut the fuck up. Mate, Wisebury has made your life what it is. Wisebury, in the way that the culture has seeped into, not on from you, into your entire organization, has given you the life that you are. So for you to even start thinking otherwise and starting to do your own thing, be my guest, go and do it. I, you know, I spoke to... A very, very dear friend of mine, and I have forgiven him for a lot of the stuff that he's done to me since I found out that he, even though I uh, demonized him and uh, in, in my own head, did not want to talk to him until I found out he got married on my birthday. That totally changed me, that maybe there was way more than to his action, that one action should not have determined a person. And so I've, I've changed a lot of my mindset about this, and... I can see he's broken now. He's trying to get out of what he's doing in the franchise. He said, Thomas, the head franchise, right, is two corners from me. They have never stepped foot in my office, right? And I say to people, if Wisebury has not made a change or a difference in the way you are now behaving or a living life, you shouldn't be with Wisebury. And this is the key. It's not about just the uh, bottom line. Wisebury is way bigger than the bottom line because I've seen people with bottom line who lose their wife, have their children in drugs, have uh, to uh, sell their home and are now renting. I've seen those people. Mm. I've seen people who uh, said to me, well, I'm going to do it myself and now have lost their home, their two businesses, Right? And really, my question is this, when was your ego was going to be in check? Yeah. And Wisebury is not just about income, it's about a global thing. Yeah, my point was, I mean, you, you make very good points and I wasn't question. what I'm saying is the role for brands. How do you see the role for brand now versus the role for the brand of the individual? It's not about... Be with Wisebury or be with McGrath, be with anybody. I answer your question. If the brand is not giving you more than just money, it's the wrong brand. But, but yeah, no, no. So external opinion, not internal I'm opinion. Not making so the, I'm not I'm making the right point. You're making you're the saying, right point you're after saying, two bottles. It's difficult no, yeah, to make You're saying the, real estate's moving away from where you've got to be in the suburb, got to have the office, got to have the brand above you. It's going to the individual. So what I'm saying is how do, as someone who's created a brand, cater for real estate moving to the individual more so 
than the brand, right? The, I think he the, answered that question within what he just said. That the change. It's not about their leaving. Life. I'm not saying leave. No, I'm no, no. But no, like, what he's saying is that ch- the change in their life. It, it, Wisebury will be that change. Will be the cultural change and the, the growth within that person. I, I agree with you, Cam. I think moving forward, what real estate is going to evolve because of COVID moving forward. And it'll be the a smaller office, much smaller offer if, if there's an office at all. And there may be five people in that team and they'll all work from home under their own... Um, I still don't think it's going to be... I, I, I don't think it's moving completely towards the individual. I know people who think it's all about the individual. No, not completely. And I know there's people who think it's all about the brand. I, as I said, there's a one affects the other because you can't Absolutely. be working under a brand and it not affect... Yeah, that's... So... For the people who are saying it's going to move more towards the individual, how, as a brand, do you compensate for that? If that's where people are, are going to be seeing them, says so that was the question I was trying to ask. Not without um, being the business, without being the franchise owner, for you'd, you'd want to be able to see show your value to those agents to show say them how you're going to help them be a better person. Well, quite simply, I market our businesses as Wisebury Caring and Wisebury Barrier. I yeah. don't. I'm not Team Cam. I'm not. I'm not in. I, understand, I formed understand. a little team with Ellie. We call ourselves a polish and the punch, and you know that's that's funny. But You're the polish. I want people calling Wisebury Carrying. I don't want sold by Cam. I don't want people calling. Is it still going Cam from Wisebury? Sold by Cam. No, no, no. Oh. no it's a polish and the punch now. Okay. Um, I, I said to everyone, uh, it's a brand of camera. It's so. <laughs> ah, that was a fucking good idea at the time. I was ahead of the game, mate, because now everyone's doing it. But as a business owner, I don't want to be the focal point because yeah. that's not what I got into business for. Yeah. I want people calling the office, not calling me. That's right, you right? want to grow a team. So I, as a business owner, publicise and 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 uh, try and build the brand of Wisebury Carry On. Okay. And but as a business owner, where individual. do you see where do you see your business going in six, twelve, eighteen, two years, five years? Do you see as the office you've got now, everyone coming to work nine to five, or do you see a smaller office, a receptionist, and you guys all working? They don't do that now. No, look, in an ideal world, hub office and hiring people to take care of suburbs within whatever radius, 20 kilometres, 30 kilometres. And um, you see them when you see them for meetings and everyone goes about their, yeah. their life. That's that's what I've wanted to be as a sub. When we talk about the type of leadership that salespeople yeah. wanted in our last thing, that's yeah. the type of leadership that salespeople want, yeah. depending on where they're at in their career. You know, um, See them for a meeting if you have to. Um, but uh, you know, the utopia is everyone goes out, gets their results, does everything. You never have to see anyone or do anything. You know that'd be fucking brilliant. I don't. You, you do have. Did, to, have you been reading my uh, leadership manual, you bastard? No, I haven't. Because that's where we're going. And I've spoken about the sub for quite a while. No, but you that, know would, that, that would be perfect. Days. You just have hubs. I'm and now COVID has pushed it. Do you know I've been talking about part timers for how long now? Right. Yep. It's COVID is pushing. It's going I've been way. talking about now the workforce now having to just control their own life with variety and freedom mm. of their time. I see my competitors and, and I'm not on top of my competitors yet, but I look and go, the other office that's in Carryong, if Carryong's not going well, they're fucked because they don't sell a house anywhere else. Right? And the other office that's in Barrera, if that's not going well, they're fucked because they don't sell a house anywhere other than Barrera bar one or two. Whereas since I've been like working in the Gosford office, obviously we had agents for many different areas, and in the Carryong office, even though we're not surrounded by such a dense population, it's still the same. We want market share in every suburb that surrounds us, not just one. Yeah. 
having the office in Carrion works great for the, the Carrion people, but only the Carrion people. It doesn't work good for the Point Clare people. It doesn't work good for the Summersby people. Or the and having an office in Barrera Heights works great for the Barrera people, but the Mount Cola people don't give a shit because every other person servicing Mount Cola comes from Hornsby. So we're already doing that to a sense. Where we've been different and where we need to evolve is even though we've been doing that and the majority of our officers do service multiple suburbs, is it's still been very much get into the office, sit at your desk, mark out your, your prospecting calls, I need to know where you are at every minute of the day, when common sense would suggest if at the end of the month the figure on the board says above target or at target, as a business owner, you're fucking st- Stoked, and and again, we, we Thomas is right. We he's been saying it for a while. It makes sense, and it has made sense for a long time. And as a person who inherently loves his freedom, that would be a fucking great environment to work with. No one was transitioning to it, or very few were transitioning to it. Now COVID's forced it. Yeah, and that again is a what? Silver what colour lining. is it? What precious metal is? It's a. <laughs> This bloke who wanted to Gold fight me lining. wants to fight me about no silver linings. We've only come up with thirty-four today. That was a good podcast. And that, mate, that'd be a guy ideal. calling me and he said, "You know, mate, that podcast about persuasive ages. I love it. I love the point." And I was thinking to myself, "No, mate, my no lining podcast was bad." <laughs> I know, and you're not a business owner. I know you'd prefer to work in an environment where there was less have to and more want to. Right, that's you, you do what you want as long as the numbers are on the board. Who wouldn't want to work better in that environment? I don't know anyone who wants to be strapped to it. You know, I look at it as if I was a business owner, the people I'd want to employ would I would want people that would want the I want to succeed, not have to succeed. Wow, thanks very much, boys, for today. Well done. Who won? (laughs) Did we have to ask? Yeah, obviously, it was mine. What's oh, the mine was pretty good. What's it? Yeah, it was. It was second. Did we have to ask? First, second. TL. T starts with third. There we go. <laughs> I prefer mine. <laughs> All right, turn the podcast off. <laughs> <laughs>